Niagara Falls. Beautiful. Majestic. Awesome. Powerful. Since Niagara Falls has also long been a favorite honeymoon destination for newlyweds, we can add romantic to the list. But Niagara Falls can also be dangerous, even deadly. For a century and a half, Niagara Falls has attracted its share of daredevils and fools. The first person to go over the falls in a barrel was Bobby Leach, a professional stuntman and an early parachutist, on the 13th of June in 1898. He later died when he slipped on an orange peel. Challenging the falls became an equal opportunity event when a 63-year-old widow, Annie Edson Taylor, an unemployed dance and etiquette teacher from Michigan, survived being sealed in a barrel and went over the falls on October 24, 1901. Not everyone has been so fortunate. Of the nine who have gone over the falls in a barrel, only five have survived. Jesse Sharp, a stuntman who should have known better, went over the falls in a white-water kayak without a helmet or a vest on June 5, 1990. He was never found. Then there was Robert Overacker, who, on October 1, 1995, tried to go over the falls on a jet ski and a parachute. He planned to land safely on the river below. At the brink of the falls, he ignited a rocket-propelled parachute that was strapped to his back, the rocket and the parachute worked perfectly. Unfortunately, Overacker had forgotten one little detail. He had forgotten to tether the parachute to his body. As the parachute sailed into the sky, he fell to the bottom of the falls. The first record of these adventurers was a French aerialist and tightrope walker by the name of Jean-Francois Gravelot, who called himself Charles Blondin, and billed himself as the Great Blondin, presumably after his blonde hair. He is considered to have been one of the greatest aerialist tightrope walkers of all time. Blondin was only nine years old when he began performing professionally. In 1851, at the age of 27, he joined a professional touring company. When this troupe made an American tour in 1858, Blondin saw Niagara Falls for the first time. He became obsessed with the idea of crossing the falls, and the following year, 1859, he returned to America to do just that. On June 30, 1859, he became the first person ever to cross Niagara Falls by tightrope. One hundred thousand people watched him walk on a rope 1,100 feet long, over a fifth of a mile, from 160 feet above the falls on one side, rising to 270 feet at the other. Now, of course, he had to outdo himself. The following year, the last year before the Civil War, he performed before ever larger crowds with ever more daring acts. He cooked a meal in a small portable cooker and lowered the food to the decks of the Maid of the Mist tourist boat below. He crossed blindfolded, in a sack, even on stilts. 
He even carried his manager across on his back. He pushed a wheelbarrow across the falls. As the crowds applauded, it is reported that he asked the assembled crowd if they believed he could push the wheelbarrow across with a person in it. They enthusiastically shouted their belief that he could. Then, he said, who is willing to get in the wheelbarrow? That got quite a different response. Finally, a young boy stepped up and trusted Blondin to deliver on his promise. That is the difference between just having religion and actually having faith. Having religion is believing that he could push the wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls with a person in it. Having real faith is getting into the wheelbarrow. Having religion is only mental assent to what a religion teaches. A person may give full intellectual agreement to its system of belief and practice. A person might even talk about what they believe, but it doesn't really determine how they live their lives. A person may claim to be a follower of a particular religious system, but not live in accordance with those beliefs. Genuine faith is all about personal commitment to live out that belief. It is living a life with integrity in relation to what you say you believe. It involves the heart as well as the mind, the total person, consistently, completely. It is like the difference between knowing about loving someone and actually loving them. In the Judaic Bible, God tells his prophets that the people profess to love him with their lips, but their hearts are actually far away. They are religious, but they do not have faith. Therefore, he rejects their claim to worship him. In Christianity, the scriptures emphasize that unless one has real faith, they cannot please God. In fact, Jesus said that the religious leaders of that day actually lacked faith. He said, if you love me, you will prove it by keeping my commandments. We show the evidence of our religious faith by our actions by how we treat other people, especially those who are in a dependent state of some type, widows, children, orphans, the homeless, the handicapped, the sick, and so on. This, the New Testament writer James says, is true religion. I will show you my faith, he says, by my actions. Anyone can have religion, yet live as they please. Having a living faith, however, it's a different story altogether. It is truly a way of life, 24-7. Got faith? <laughs>